a number of you uh, over time probably heard, uh, you know, we get it all the time, how did you guys end up in Andover? And because, you know, I was just talking to somebody the other day uh, from this area, um, a minister I've known for years, but we were just talking, and, um, you know, I, I, I mentioned something about Nebraska, and you know, I'm from Nebraska. He's like, you're from Nebraska? He goes, I thought you were just born and raised out here. I don't know. I don't get that. I don't get that much, but that's what he said. And I said, no, I'm I'm from Nebraska. Um, was born and raised in Omaha. And, uh, well, he's like, where's Shelly from then? Well, so Shelly, uh, she can speak for herself, but she's, she was born in South Africa. You want to real quick, just say where you're from? Yeah. uh, My dad is from South Africa. And so I was born in South Africa. And then when I was three, um, for two and a half, we moved to the United States, and then I've lived in California, and then Missouri, and then graduated college in Missouri, and went to Oklahoma. <laughs> Stayed there a while, got married, and went to Nebraska. <laughs> so, you know, and we have this thing that we need to have a child in every state we've lived, so we have one child from Nebraska, one from Oklahoma, and then Two here in Massachusetts, because this is where we're staying longer. <laughs> Amen. So, so that so we're we're from the Midwest. I mean, Shelley claims she graduated from high school in Missouri, so she kind of claimed when generally, if the short answer, where are you from, Missouri? Yes. Because <laughs> um, that's where she she spent a, a decent amount of time. So just real quick on, on that, so I'm born and raised in, in Omaha, Nebraska, went to school in Lincoln, Nebraska at the university there, and uh, got involved with the church there, it was, it was about a year and a half old, you know, some uh, graduates of Rama Bible Training, uh, called Rama Bible, Bible Training College now, it used to be Rama Bible Training Center, and so they were graduates there, and got, got into a church there, and I had been uh, grown up in Rama churches and you know, Word of Faith churches, and uh, been familiar with that for a long time, but went to this church there and and just got, you know, involved, just whatever they needed, you know, cleaned the church, uh, greeted, I did youth, I I played the piano, started playing the piano and keyboards, and um, eventually started picking the songs and doing all that, so just whatever they needed, and, um, you know, looked at going to Rama, not looked, I just went, somebody else in the church was like, we're going down to check out Rama at the college weekend, and uh, I said, well, I'll go, and I had just started my job as a software engineer, I have a computer engineering degree, and started there four months before, and I just went down with them, and, you know, I, I was in, in that environment, but really felt, no, I'm supposed to be doing what I'm doing, I'm hooked up in that church, I'm serving, and that's what I'm supposed to be doing right now, these other folks came back, we're going, and they left, and came back, you know, uh, went down to school, and came back up, and so, uh, I just hooked up with the church and just kept uh, serving. Of course, I was out of college then, and, you know, I had purchased a house, and I was ready for my wife to show up. But, you know, there wasn't any real prospects in the church. It was a smaller church, and, you know, uh, knew one other gal was my age, but, you know, we, did, we weren't interested in each other. So, I, you know, you're just there and going on, doing what God would have us to do. Well, Shelley... At that point, she was living in Oklahoma, and she graduated from um, Rama in 95, and then she was traveling in the Rama Singers and Band with Brother Kenneth E. Hagan and Pastor Kenneth Hagan and Craig Hagan, traveled with all three of them, and was doing that, and through a sequence of events, um, through a, a connection, our pastors ended up asking her to come up and do a music workshop in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I was over the music. So we met. That's how we met. And that was her first and last music workshop. Yes, it was. <laughs> and a year later, we were married. Yes. And so then she came up and, you know, uh, to, to Nebraska, of course, and moved there. And, and uh, so we just served in the church. And, you know, I was, by then, they had asked me to speak. And I, I would, we would fill in. I would fill in for them preaching uh, when they were gone, the pastors. And we just served however we could, just involved in everything. We did young, young marrieds, um, young single. Shelly had a young single lady singer, all the college ladies. You know, we, we, of course, served on the music team. Um, 
and I would sing and play keyboard and Shelly would do vocals while we were there. That's, that's the way we did it. I was the music minister. Um, and, you know, we'd clean the church. We'd served and just... Did toddlers. Did toddlers. What, whatever <laughs> they needed, we did. And it came to the point where we, um, we were talking about it and through, we had gone to this uh, regional meeting and, you know, RMAI, RAMA, and it started stirring up about going to RAMA. And we talked about it that night. We stayed up late talking about it. We were in a hotel. And um, up until that point, Shelly was like, you know, I'm good here. I don't, I don't have any desire to go back. And it started to change at that point. And uh, that was in 2002 in December. And uh, we sat on it, or I think it was right at the beginning of December. And so we, and we sat on it. And we were like, we believe this is this time. Because I always knew I was go. When I went back, when I went to the Get Acquainted with RAMA, the, the college weekend, I, I knew I was going that direction, but I knew I was in the right place doing what I was supposed to do. It wasn't time to go, but I knew that would come, and we believe this was the time. So we let our pastors know in January and, and uh, made plans to go in June of that year. That was 2003, and Shelly was pregnant with Andrew. We'd already had Brianna. We had Brian Brianna was... Um, well, she was going to be turning two, so she was one, one and one and a little over one and almost two at that point. We moved down and went to Rama, and I, I did the two-year pastor's program, and then I did the third-year pastor's program. They had a specific, concentrated third-year third year pastor's program that was 20, 25 people. They kept it small on purpose so you could be very hands-on, and that's what we did. Go ahead. And uh, when we got there, um, Brother Hagen passed away. Uh, so I like had, right I had Andrew, we were getting ready to go and have Brother Hagen and uh, Miss Aretha uh, meet Andrew, and then we found out that he had passed away, and so it was a, it was kind of a, a shock for just the whole community uh, at that time, and uh, so we were there during that, all that transitional time. Yeah. And it just felt like that was a really good time for us to be there, just to see that, you know, you're not hearing hearsay how things are going, but you're right there in the midst of it and realizing, you know what? God started a work, and he's faithful, and he's going to keep it going. And so that was a really good time for us to be there. So we went through school there and served. However, you know, we got involved in the music some, and children's actually a lot served in their Wednesday night faith academy, which is the elementary or part of the core team there, and, you know, would preach and do music and, and do everything there. And, um, but I'll try to be somewhat succinct with this part, but some, you know, many of you know the story. When we, uh, I went to a, a uh, missions trip, you know, Ramah would facilitate missions trips every year uh, to places different places in the world that were graduates of Raymer or people that would want to receive um, students to come and help. And I went to the Philippines in the spring of 2005. Pastor Paul Chase started to work over there uh, the 70s, 77 or 70, I remember it was 26 years he had been over there in 2005, so I guess it was 79. And uh, still over there, he had, you know, main church in Manila, and they had, at that point, 19 satellite churches, all pastored by locals. Today, I believe it's 30s, 40s, more. Um, and so, anyway, we went over there, I did, uh, for nine days, and, um, you know, we helped get a church going. It was already been moving, but we had a healing crusade and went door-to-door -door, uh, praying for people. And I'll tell you what, you get out of this country and get to places where people don't have any hope, like medically, and things happen. You know, we saw people that, that just healed instantaneously a lot to where you got, it was, you just got ready to, when you, you talk to them, you're just ready for a miracle because you've seen it over and over. And when I got done with that, up till that point, I had been like, you know, not something you vocalize probably or articulate, I should say, but, you know, I never wanted to be a missionary. I've always been like, that's something I won't do. Like when I'm going to Rhema, you know, I went in the pastor's group and everything, but that's, I mean, there was never a consideration that I'm going in the missions group. I mean, literally the thought never crossed my mind. Um, and so it never really put that on the table. When I came back, I said, all right, Lord, 
That's on the table. Whatever you want me to do, even if you want me to go halfway around the world, I'll tell you, Philippines, where we were, they served us good food. We were not like roughing it. You know, we were on the island and we were staying in a hotel and stuff. But by the end of that, man, I just wanted American food. <laughs> and I mean, that's not even compared to some people deal with missions-wise and what they, the conditions they deal with. But I came back and I put that on the table. I was like, Lord, whatever. I want to be wherever you want me to be. I don't, I don't care. In, the, in my heart, I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but just in the inside, I heard there are places in this country that are like a mission field. You don't have to go out of the country. That's it. And we just prayed about and stood, or just, um, this was in the spring of 2005. I remember I was in a church pioneering class, and then one night, I was in our spare bedroom. We had a house there in, in Tulsa. And I remember I had my eyes closed, and what I perceived, I saw a map of the United States, just like just before me. And what I perceived as just north of Boston. Now, I'm telling you, if you look at a map of the United States, Massachusetts is really small. (laughs) And north of Boston is just like, how do you even... But I'm telling you, when I saw it, what I perceived as just north of Boston, a glow was there. And at that point, my, I had rel- uh, relatives that were doing medical residency in, in South Burlington, Vermont. Like, so after that happened, I was like, maybe there's something up there around this area. And I was just sitting on it. But I, I, I Boston area was going over and over in my, my heart. And I, I just was, I was looking up stuff about the, I had always been intrigued with the Northeast and the, the, in Boston, or never been there, never been here. But I was a Boston Red Sox uh, fan for different points growing up. I had the, the hats, I have them to this day. <laughs> I can show you them. Um, but I just said, I started looking stuff up, but I didn't say anything to Shelly. For three days, I was just like, gosh, you know, and, and at that point, I was like, how, we had thought about maybe we'll take over a church or be somewhere, but how would you ever start a church? I was in a church planning class. I just, I mean, I'm taking, they're telling me about it, but how would you go somewhere and start a church where you know nobody? And um, after three days, I couldn't stand anymore. I was like, Shelly, I said, I'm not saying thus saith the Lord. I'm not saying it because I'm just rolling around myself. I've been, and you know, you got to get, we'll talk about this a little bit. If you're going to do something, especially anything, but bigger in life and you, you are married, you need to get your spouse on board not get they need to be on board otherwise you could be you just you're being a fool if you try to 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 twist somebody's arm or anything but i wasn't at that point where i'm like shelly this is what we're doing i was just bouncing off i said i'm not saying thus saith the lord but what do you think about the boston area like you know about and i had at that point i believe you know planning a church starting a church in boston and she said no way That's true. <laughs> and so... I thought there's so many places in the Midwest. Why yeah. would, you know, we don't know anything about Boston. Why would they want to hear from us? Why would we want to go there? So we, we went then. I was like, well, you know, we're just going to keep moving. Because one thing, Pastor Paul Chase, that was in the Philippines on the last night, you know, they had a banquet when they're sending us off, really nice meal. And he said, you guys are getting so much word there in Broken Arrow. He goes, unless God is specifically called you to Tulsa. He goes, you guys are hemorrhaging the word. It's coming out. He goes, get out of town. Unless you're specifically called to help there at the church, go somewhere and do something. That just rang. I mean, that, you know, I came back wherever you want me to go. And so, but as we went through that summer, I'm telling you, it just got muddier and muddier. We're just like, what are we going to do? And we don't want to be here at the end of next year. And, you know, and we just went through. And the more we prayed, the worse it got. <laughs> I'm serious. And there was a person, I, we, we, were go, we went to camp meeting, which is the end of July every year at there at the Rama campus. And, you know, Shelly met a number of ministers throughout the years just traveling with the Rama singers and band. I didn't know a lot of them. And this one gentleman, I, I, was, I remember distinctly, I was walking across the front after a service, and uh, she was just in the front row talking to this couple and I was walking across to come up, didn't know the man. And he, when he looked up at me, he just shook, you know, re- reached out his hand and we shook and he just held on to it. And he started saying, my sheep, hear my voice. You are hearing my voice. So just relax, just calm paraphrasing, just be at peace. 
for my sheep hear my voice, and he's leading you. And we just, it put us at ease, put us at rest, because we were trying to figure it out. And and it just, it, it was what we needed at that time. He didn't know me, I mean, he didn't know me at all. I didn't know him. He didn't know what we were doing, anything. And so we went into the fall then. We're still like, what are we going to do? You know? But peacefully. <laughs> I mean, we were at peace at that point. When we went in the fall, we're still like, but what is it? And um, we had always considered like, well, we'll go, we'll be children's ministers, we'll be music ministers, we'll be youth ministers, we'll go take over a church, whatever. We did not come out thinking, oh, we want to go pastor church. For sure. We want to go yes. start a church. We were like, how do you do that? We don't even know. I mean, yeah, I'm being trained, but still, then there's, okay, this is the textbook, then what do you do? Yes. Like everything, right? And so we weren't, we were like, God, whatever. We don't have any kind of highfalutin ideas that, well, we just want to be in charge or anything. No, it's none of that. So we came into the fall there and then started taking classes. And so. Yeah, and, and honestly, if anything, because we know you know, growing up in church and all that, because we know what was involved with it, it was like we would we knew that it would be fun to be helpers. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Not the leader, but the helper. And so, um, yeah, in fact, I, I would have people tell me all the time, you would make such a good pastor's wife. And I'd be like, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I, that's not something that I want to do at all. I just throw this in and let you go. We had talked about that numerous times because we had been up close with the pastors in Lincoln, and we got we we don't want to be pastors. And like she's told you all her life, you're gonna be a great pastor's wife. She did not want to do it. And I remember distinctly, it was it was actually fall 2002 before we decided to go to Rama. I I was I traveled. uh, I didn't travel often, but I was in a a work um, traveled for work and I was in a hotel and I was up in the morning and I remember telling God, all right, you want me to be a pastor, I'll be a pastor. And stuff started moving from there. Yeah. That the, the next year we were in Raymond, but go ahead. And I finally got like, okay, I'll do it if you really think that's what we're going to do. I'll help out. <laughs> but we were, um, it was the fall in, uh, we had, I don't know, kind of done a little bit of a date or something, and then... At night. And yeah, it was at night. How I, yeah, what, and, what I was doing. And so... Um, what do you mean? Well, the, the I, I mean, I can pick it up, but the, the work schedule. Oh, stuff, oh, okay. But you can say that later. Okay. So um, we were, um, you know, we were finished. He went off to sleep, and I just couldn't go to sleep. And so... Do you want me to tell him? Sure. That part? No, yeah. you'll, you say that part. Oh. What happened, but I'll tell. Like, do you want to go now, or do you want me to? You go. <laughs> now you go, and then I'll put that. Okay. So, so he went to sleep, and I couldn't go to sleep. And um, so I just was praying for a while. And uh, just went in the spare bedroom, just praying for a little bit. And all of a sudden, in my heart, I heard uh, the word Andover. And I was just like, Andover. And so I was like, I wonder if there's an Andover in Massachusetts. Why, I don't know. But I just wonder if there's one there. And so, so this is six months later. So stuff had had time to settle in my heart and begin to, I guess, even behind the scenes start, you know, God's putting things in my heart without me even realizing that I was okay with Massachusetts. So I went to the computer, uh, the office with the computer, and started, you know, just Google Andover, Massachusetts. And sure enough, there was one. <laughs> and so I was like, oh. And so then I started looking around and seeing some of the stuff about Andover and just kind of researching it. And I saw the housing prices. And I was like, are you kidding? This is not God. <laughs> I, I, but, you know, I was still like, but I like this fact they had this... Um, music group, which I've never even checked out since I've been out here. But I was like, oh, this is cool. They have this, and they do that, and they have all these different things. I'm like, this would actually be kind of a cool place. It looks nice. And um, again, not knowing anything. And then I got tired and went to bed. 
So my schedule was I would go to Rama in the morning. Uh, you know, classes were you know 8:30 to 12 or whatever every day weekday, and then I would come home and you know I, I was on a contract basis. I would work out of my office, you know, doing software engineering. And so I would do that in the afternoons, and then I would also work Saturdays, at least in the morning. And so that, what, the, what Shelly just described was on a Friday night. So then there, there, the kids are asleep, she's asleep, and I get up, go to my computer, and turn it on, and I see these Google Maps with Andover, Massachusetts up there, and all these, you know, house listings and all that stuff. And, I, and then when Shelly was up, or I don't know if I woke her up or what, I said, Shelly, what is this? <laughs> I said... This is right in the middle of that glow that I said, that I told you about. And she goes, well, and then she just related to me the story she just told you. What happened? And I said, well, we know enough to know this. If it's God, it'll be God tomorrow, and it'll just get stronger. If it's not, if it's some idea, and it's just us, it's going to fade. We're not telling anybody. We're not going to get on, just start, oh, we're doing, we're just not going to say anything about it, and we're going to sit on it and let it marinate on the inside. And that's what we did. That was the end of October. And by the end of the year, and then going into the next year, it was just getting stronger, and it just wouldn't go away. And we were like, all right, in January, we're either crazy, off, just got some stupid idea, or this is God. We're going to take a trip out there in the middle of January and just see what's going on on the inside. Mind you, we're living in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, it doesn't get real cold in Tulsa. <laughs> and we had two little kids. And so we, I told my, the guy that was, um, you know, I said that we were in third-year pastors, and Reverend Gary Crowley's been out here uh, multiple times. Yeah, I told him, look, this is what we're doing. We're going out here because they had attendance policy and everything. We're going to check. Is it okay? You know, miss the days. And everybody goes like, yeah, go. And so we flew out here and snow on the ground, cold, typical January. No hats or gloves because we're in Oklahoma. And so <laughs> should leave that part off. Nobody knows that. <laughs> well, it was cold. <laughs> so we get how, I mean, I'm from Nebraska. It's cold, but I don't know. We, it was, I just wasn't thinking like that. <laughs> so, um, so we get out here and just you know drove around the neighborhoods and just got. We were actually in this very building at one point because there was a there used to be a, a kids kind of a place where the, like a indoor playground and whatever. And so uh, we were just trying to get a sense. And we go around. We're like, well, maybe there's you know there's a North Andover and there's other cities. And we're just like got a sense. No, there's it's here. And this was before GPS. Well, maybe they had GPS. They probably had GPS, but we didn't have it. On your iPhone, there wasn't anything like that. So you know that they don't have very good, you know, the the streets just all go like crazy. And there's no billboards. We were used to billboards, so we didn't even know, like, where to find a place to eat. And we are, like, driving around. And, like, you know, if your kids need to go to the bathroom, you can't even know where the McDonald's is. It was... We were just like, wow. Just, <laughs> it was very different than the Midwest. She's talking about off 93 when you went up there. There was very little at that point that would, like, we were expecting, you know, there's a little Andover's this way, and you have the little bit of the where the restaurants are, but if we missed those or what. But there was no, like, bigger sign that said anything. So we were driving up and down, getting off the exits, and we couldn't really tell where we were. Finally, we ended up in downtown Andover, ate at the Pertucci's that used to be in Andover, just closed just a little closed. bit ago. <laughs> but anyway, we just spent several days here. And just got a sense. And we were like, this seems good. We were excited. We didn't know what was all out here. That was the first time we ever set foot here at that point. I knew nobody out here, not a soul, no connection. And we went back, and it seemed good. And, and I wrote, actually, in you know uh, my journal. I journaled a little bit at that time. And I was in my quiet time reading uh, Isaiah 41.10. Can you put Isaiah 41.10 uh, up? says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Can you put it up in the New King James? Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. When I was reading this, I was reading it just as one of the scriptures that I would go over. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Fear not, for I am with you. 
And that God spoke, you know, this is his written word, but it was prompting on the inside. Fear not, for I am with you. Just like I was with these other people in the, in the, the Bible, like I was with Paul, like I was with Abraham, I'm with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you to start a church, to do whatever. I will help you to do whatever it takes to do, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And that spoke to me. And uh, quick on the inside, and like I said, it seemed good. So we went back, and we're like, well, we don't see any fireworks out here, <laughs> and there's no pie riding the sky. Now, I told that to somebody, and like, yeah, well, you had this earlier when you saw that when you were in the bedroom, and then Shelly had this. So there was stuff. There was actually pretty supernatural things earlier. But at this point, it just seemed good. And when we did drive around to the other towns, um, we would go into North Andover, and we're like, well, maybe, you know, he just gave us this area, like the yeah. Andover area, you know, because we're looking at housing prices. And so we're like, well, maybe it wasn't specifically Andover. Maybe we should look at, and we went into uh, North Andover, and it was like, it just doesn't seem like it's here. Uh, we Where went we're into, supposed to actually like, start the church. Yeah. yeah, and then we went into Tewksbury, and just, uh, we were in Methuen. We were in a, a Diff- different places and for whatever reason and again we didn't know towns out here at all but we just felt like what we we know that this seems to be a no to these yeah. areas but it, it does seem like it's supposed to be Andover for whatever reason and it was just a you know like our insides were just at that point it was just like yeah it seems good so we went back we started making preparations we we told people and I'm telling you we told people and like well who do you know out there you have family out there? I mean, left and right, that's the response we got. Even at Rhema, it, people were like, did you do your demographics? I was like, because that was a real big thing then. <laughs> I mean, people would be like, wow, you ended up in a really nice spot. We, guys, we didn't know. Andover is nice, but we didn't, we didn't choose it that way. We didn't go, oh, yeah, look at this. We didn't do that. We got that on the side, and then, yeah, we found out later, wow, that we're in a good place. But it wasn't that way. And we tell people, and they're like, well, why are you going out there? Well, we feel like God's leading us out there, but boy, man, you didn't get a lot of wow, awesome. Was it was not like that. Pressure, like, are you sure you're not like, like crazy? Yeah, you just look at you. <laughs> they didn't have to say that. Like, okay, yeah. And but you had a handful of people that were like, yeah, whatever you got, yeah, we're with you. Yeah. And um, and I have to tell you, there weren't like like some people were going out to start churches, and they would have like six families sign up, like yes, we're going with you to Texas, woohoo! There wasn't anyone that said, yeah, we really want to go with you to Massachusetts. <laughs> you know, Dave, uh, one of my instructors back when I was in going to uh, you know through classes, it stuck out of me. One of them said, and it stuck out of me. I wasn't thinking anything about going here at that point. But he, he was serving at this point in the RMAI, the Rima Ministerial Association International, in the, the office there. So he talked to pastors all the time and people and, you know, see people going out. And he's like, we can't get anybody to go up to the Northeast because it's cold. And inside, <laughs> I was like, I'd go. If I was supposed to, if that's where I thought I would go, I'd go. Now, I didn't know at that point, but it just, it stuck out to me. Well, we didn't know. <laughs> we, you will be going. Um, <laughs> The Lord heard that and said, oh, there's a taker. <laughs> so, you know, as you said, yeah, we, we called our, we had, when we moved out and showed up, it was July 4th, right? Yeah. When we drove they, up. They so, did fireworks for us coming out here on July 4th. <laughs> July 4th, uh, 2006. Uh, we just had, you know, Andrew and Brianna, they were almost, they were going to turn three and five, right, in August. Yeah. And they did. And so then we just got settled. You know, we rented a house, got settled, got, uh, you know, we had been incorporating, you know, worked with attorney there in uh, Tulsa, incorporating, got all some of the business stuff, got the website up the next year in the spring, and um, just got some of that in place. But when we started, it, it was us and our two kids. Now, up until that time, you know, we we just started do, did some stuff in our house, you know, for them because we were like, we don't want to get attached to a, a church. And then, oh, we're starting a church. We did not want to be that at all. Like, we're going in, get to know people, and then like, hey, guys, we're starting a church. We were like, we don't want to have anything to do with that. We don't want to be a devi- divisive at all. We knew some people around here. 
So we just had yeah, church we had service. Met some people. At, at, we yeah. met some people afterwards through mutual friends that came out, and we knew them. We were friends with them, but we were like, we're not doing that. And so, um, so we started in 2007, September 16th. Actually, this is a little bit past um, our actual anniversary date. September 16th, we had our first service down in Ballardvale. We we rented the lower level of a building down in Ballardvale that had had all, it had all apartments on all the upper levels, but the basement was commercial. It was 1,100 square foot of commercial space. It was an ugly pink color because it, it was a dog grooming place. And uh, we had to paint everything, and that's where we started. And so that's how we got going. And, um, you know, when we, when we started then, the vision, you know, I wrote down, and, and even when I was, uh, we did a project in, third year at the end there, by the time we did this project, I knew I was coming out here. So we did a project in Advanced Church Pioneer. We made this huge binder, and I've showed, showed it from the pulpit before. But you, you, you had a team of, I don't know if there was five or six of us. They'd break all the class up into teams, and you know some people knew they were going places, so we did. And so the other students got to decide what team do they want to be on, and then you just distributed all the work and made this big binder, did research, all that stuff. But part of that was your vision and things. And so I wrote down, um, you know, our vision statement and, and all that, and it's changed. You know, I, I've refined it over the years, but, but the essence of the, is the same. And there was two scriptures that we had, which I'll read to you. Uh, Colossians 1, verse 27. Can you put that up? To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end also I labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. But it said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ, that, we're, that you're, you're sharing the gospel, that it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That is the truth that we're sharing. And then 1 Corinthians 2, verses 4 and 5. Can you put that up? And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of of God. And that was really strong on us, you know, that strong in us that uh, it's not an intellectual thing. It's not uh, a religious thing, but you're sharing the gospel and that you're not doing it in the wisdom of men and in men's ideas, but in the power of God and uh, the preaching and the teaching of the word, the demonstration of the spirit and power so that people's faith are not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of of God, and those were really strong in us. Are you going to say something? Susan goes. Well, I was just going to say, you know, um, that's been something that has helped steady us so many for all these different years. You know, there's a lot of fads. There's a lot of things that come into the church, and and a lot of times people will uh, say, "This is the way you should do it." But you know, we have felt very strongly all along that uh, we. We have to get our orders from what God's telling us and putting in our hearts to do, not necessarily what everybody else is doing. And one of those things that just kept is that our faith isn't in the wisdom of men and in what is happening all around you, but it has to be on what God is doing. What is he speaking to our hearts? And that's been something that's kept us solid over the years, Yeah, you know, just steady. That you have to do what God has called you to do, and there, thank God for the universal body of Christ, yes. you know, worldwide, and people emphasize different things. But we know who we've been hooked up with. We know what we've been taught, and so to stay true to that calling and true and faithful to the commission that God has called us to do, it's not a better than or put other people down anything. But you got to do what you're called to do, and not try to be somebody else. It just brings balance to the body of Christ. If everybody's trying to do the same thing, then all you have is this one thing. But when you do have different churches with different emphasis on things, it brings balance to the body of Christ. And we just determined we're not going to compromise on that. Um, 
there's a lot of things going on in those 2000s when, when, we, uh, when we came out here. I mean, just they're just we heard all types of things that people were talking about. Things were going very seeker sensitive and you know, all kinds of methods and business approaches to church. And we were just, you know, throughout the years, yes, you want to be open and, and um, you want to be closed-minded to learn, but you can't just open yourself up to everything. You just get confused. As yes. far as, because people have... God has told different people and emphasized different things for different people, but you've got to go with what God has placed in you and emphasize. And so we, we determined we're, we're not going to compromise on that. We're going to be um, firm and do what he's called us to do and emphasize that, not try to be somebody else or do the latest thing. Again, not that you don't learn, not that you don't adjust, but we, can't, we have to do it for the right reasons. And then we, we know we're not going to lose our family. We're going we're gonna to put first things first. We are going to, we want to be balanced. We want to run a balanced life. We don't want to run really fast and then give out. We don't want to run a good amount of time and then have a bad testimony at the end. When we said we were doing this, we said we're doing it for the long haul. You know, 10, 20, 30 years, whatever it takes. Yeah. And... We want to build a strong foundation and go the speed we need to so that it can bear up any size and anything, not go real quick up to some, to, to some size, but that the foundation isn't strong enough to where you implode over time or you're capped because you're just spinning there. That we're get, we, we, it was just really on our heart. You know, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's like getting a train moving. Yes. It may take a long time to get going, but once it's going, it's not going to stop easily. And so... What if you go on the website? This is what you'll see. As far and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because you can go look. And um, but the the like I said, we've refined the vision, but the essence is the same. And I just want to read through this. This is our heart. When you talk about a vision, it means seeing something that isn't there yet. But this is the mold. This is what you want it, it to replicate. This is what you want this place to be. This church. We are the church. We are the body of Christ, people. Okay? You don't, you don't exalt humans. You don't exalt personalities. We exalt the Lord Jesus. At the same time, when you're conveying, okay, so this, what, what this group of people, what are we emphasizing? Of course, generally, you emphasize the Bible, but what does it look like? What does this look like? Because if you ask different people throughout the world, they're going to give you different answers as far as, what their thrust is. You can't do everything in the world. You, you get spread too thin. And so, um, you know, what does it look like? What, what is, th- this is our heart. And I mean, I'll talk about it a little bit more after we look at it. But if you can put up the, the first slide, th- there's these bullet points on the website. And so it says Andover Christian Center is a congregation that, and then it has these six bullets. And so I repeated that first statement on every slide so that you can just 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 for continuity. But Andover Christian Center is a congregation that is reaching eastern Massachusetts and southern New Hampshire with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just keep on the first one, please, and then I'll tell you when to move. Um, so the, we, we reach further than that online. And, you know, touch base on that in just a, a second. The, the world's changed. But that, and that's fine. We want to reach more people, but where, where are you boots on the ground? It's here. Okay, who do, who do you interact with? Who have I interacted with? It's people around here, generally. And we felt, okay, we're focusing on this. Of course, there's a, a good amount of reach around that. And there's actually people in different countries that we reach. But, and, and we want to reach that. But this is, and that'll keep growing. But right, this is like, hey, there's, a, there's millions of people in that segment. Okay, the next one, honors God. So Andover Christian Center is a congregation that honors God and puts him first place in our lives, including in our time, families, relationships, professions, and finances. That we, we put God first. It's not just over a religious organization. No, we honor him in every area. You know, and this goes, you're going to be balanced if you honor God. See, it's not... God than everything else. It's God in everything. 
You know, because then if you segment God, well, I, I do God now, but now this day I do other stuff, you're going to be unbalanced. No, if you put God first in everything, then everything will flow. Put God first in your time. You put the big blocks first. You make time to meet like we are today. And your family, well, you're going to be the father or mother and the sibling, etc. Relationships outside of your family, professions, finances, that, that God is first. Truly first, not in word only like, well, just give live service, but no, you honor him. Honor means you're, you're reverencing him and materially putting him first. Next one, preaches the uncompromised word of God with an emphasis on faith, being led by the spirit and the believer's identity in Christ. Now, of course, you preach the word of God, but there are certain emphases that are in our DNA that we, we've been trained in that, that God emphasizes. We went it's not glorifying any body, okay? Any body of believers. But you, it, you have different emphases and anointings. That's just the way people are. Just like not everybody is a certain profession. You can't be all things. There's just certain truths that Rhema as a whole has brought to the world. And, and Brother Hagen, God commissioned him, teach my people faith. Well, as graduates and as hooked up people hooked up with that ministry part of our commission is going to be that yeah. and part of your commission is going to be that again you're not emphasizing saying you just your pet doctrines it's just there's going to be a flare that's emphasized and so these are just a few things of course there's faith in almost everything we preach it's without faith you can't be saved without faith you're not going to know god without faith you're not going to follow the plan of god you're not going to be filled with the holy spirit you're not going to be able to walk in the provision of god so faith Yes, it's all about Jesus, but how do you receive what Jesus bought and paid for? By faith. And the, being led by the Holy Spirit. If you can know the mind of God and be led by Him, then you can follow in His plan for your life. And then who you are in Jesus Christ, who you are and what has been purchased for you is going to be... If you don't know that, you can't take advantage of it. If you, if you know it, you can take advantage of it. You can believe God, and you can be led in, in what he's doing. I mean, you, you got those things down. You are well on your way to working with him. Next one, has the supernatural power of God operating in our services and in our individual lives that, that we emphasize. Yeah, uh, you know, not in a flaky way, not just to say this is what we do, but for real, that God's presence is manifest, and what he said in his word actually happens and we have seen that over the years. We've seen people's lives change in every area, both yes. in our services and outside our services. And it's not glorifying any person. It's just we want what the Bible says in reality. You know, does everybody walk it out perfectly? No, we're all humans that are following God. And so you, you don't elevate. That's why you don't elevate people. Yeah. You elevate him. But if we get to the point where, well, there's, you know, being critical somehow that there's not something in our minds is perfect. We're never going to go anywhere and we're going to isolate ourselves, which is not good. So we emphasize this. We talked about that earlier. Uh, next one, worships God from our hearts, marked by the presence of the Holy Spirit and excellence in musicianship. That's always been our heart, is that we have worship that is tangible, wet, for a better, you know, the, the water... Uh, oil is a type of the Holy Spirit, that, it, that, that there is a manifest presence of God there that we're not just going through songs. And these go together. I don't care how good it sounds music musically, if it's not anointed, if the presence of the Holy Spirit is there, uh, what are we doing? On the other hand, you could have something that sounds, it's not exceptional musically, but if the anointing's there, I'd rather have that any day, all day, over something that's excellent. Because the world has excellent musicians, but no anointing. But there's no reason why you can't have both of them. That you have the Spirit of God, but you do it. At, excellence means doing the best you can. It does not mean perfection. You get into perfection, you start tripping up everywhere. Everybody gets on, walking on eggshells, and then it just dries up. No, you do the best you can. You make a mistake, you do it. You do it better next time. And you do it the best where you're at. You know, what you see now is not our vision for where we're going to be, but we're not going to try to serve, you know, a makeup of, of instruments and uh, just to, because that's what you see other places, you have to be able to sustain it, and that's what we've endeavored to do. We've endeavored to build things out 
Um, and of course, our current situ building situation is why some stuff is scaled down, because uh, we have to be a little quieter, but that's, that's changing. But even with what we've done, instead of having 10 instruments one week, and then, oh, we're back, those people are gone, so we have one the next week, and then four, and then two, what can we do consistently? Fill those out, and then add. And just fill those out, and then add. That's our, our vision, so it's solid. And to do it well. And then finally, has but not, definitely not least, last but not least, have, has vibrant children's and youth ministries that equip young people to live for God. So uh, if you can get people when they're young, children, youth, if you can get them full of the Word of God when they're young, man, that will stay with them the rest of their life. They're going to have a hard time getting away from it. That is such an important emphasis. In fact, it's really, I mean, yes, we want adults to get saved. That's very, very important. But if you have only adults and you don't have the younger children that are getting, um, you know, the word of God put into them, there's coming a day when there's going to be generations that are going to be lost because there weren't children that were trained. And so that's, we take that very seriously. Yep. So that's. You know, we, that's where we, we've gotten. That's, that's our emphasis. You've seen um, over the just touching on just a few things. You can put that down. Thanks, Bill. Um, of course, we live in a different world than we did three years ago after COVID. I mean, you know, a little over two years ago, but you think about 2019, the world chugging along and having no idea where we would be and what, you know, everybody went through. And, you know, we, when, we, um, when we shut down, uh, when that, that came down uh, locally, uh, Massachusetts and pretty much the nation, when they were shutting down, you know, everybody thought that was temporary, of course. We were not streaming at that time. But we shut down on that Monday, and then we were streaming on Wednesday. And so we've been streaming ever since. And that was how we transitioned into, and of yes. course, we did that step by step. What can we sustain? We're not going to just do it to do it. Do we want to do this continually? Or we, do we want to be out there continually? And we had to make that decision, and we did that. And so, you know, we, we've grown that, and we'll continue to grow that. But, you know, we're, we, we are on a number of places now. We're on our website. We stream to Facebook. Facebook was the initial one, and we streamed to our, our um, website, and then uh, YouTube, and then we're on our podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And um, so that, that happened, and we lost stream. And when we shut down, we could only have 10 people in the building. So, you know, we, we had to, to get everything working there. And, um, you know, Max and Hannah you know, helped us out. We, we had our family, and we had Max Which and Hannah. Which is six, and you're just like, who can you have? <laughs> <laughs> and so they were helping us with that, that streaming uh, and getting everything going. And um, that changed the way people interact with the church. I mean, you know, even to this day, people uh, were staying at home more and, and got in the habit of, of coming and going. And that's worldwide. But there's a lot of churches that shut down. A lot yes. of churches that didn't open for a long time. We opened as soon as we could. You know, once that first phase happened, we weren't even really expecting they would, uh, you know, include churches in the first phase. But once they did, we, we made preparations, and then we were open as, as, as soon as we could, and we've been open ever since. And um, that changed a lot. But, uh, you know, we, we, didn't, we didn't go backwards in that. We, we had to rebuild, but we're, we came out of that growing, and we've been growing ever since. And we continue to keep growing. And it changed the way even like volunteers and, and different things. So it, it was a, it was a yeah. process to reopen our children's ministries um, just because, uh, you know, uh, when we, we needed to have people that were consistently coming so that you could have enough people that were able to open the, the you know, child, the, we started with nursery and then uh, preschool, and then um, super kids. And, and it took time because just everything changed, and, and people were now, you know, afraid to come to church because they didn't want to get COVID. And so that affected things for a while. Yep. Still. Prior to that, um, you know, I, I, like I mentioned before, I have a degree in computer engineering. I worked as a software engineer for 
uh, years in Nebraska. Then I, I did that on a contract basis uh, for a company in Nebraska when I went to Oklahoma and went to school. And then we moved out here and I continued to do that. Then I worked for a company in Kansas um, that was a former coworker uh, from the other company in Nebraska, did that for years. And then I worked here locally for years as a software engineer and then I managed a team of software, multiple teams of software engineers for over five years here locally. You know, worked a full-time job, had a local commute, and because uh, that's what we believe we should do. And then, actually, at the beginning of 2019, all through 2018, we were going through to this direction. But at the beginning of 2019, we stepped out and went, uh, started taking steps towards being full-time. And it didn't look like there was any way in the natural that could happen. And but we believed it was time. And um, and so, you know, we go through 2019. Of course, there's a pandemic. The next year. <laughs> Uh, and and you know, we went through that, and um, and we God has been faithful yes. to sustain us through all that, and we believe yes. no, this is what this is what we're called to do uh, at this point, you know. And so we've been doing. God has been faithful, supernaturally the whole time to sustain us, and so uh, we're committed yes. to doing this. You know, it looked like you're crazy. Just like when we moved out here. It looked like we were crazy. It looked like we're crazy. There's no way you can do that. Well, God, God's been faithful. Yes, he has. And uh, he will continue to be faithful. So we're committed. And I just want to read you a couple of scriptures as we close here. Just, we're just sharing our heart. And like I said, there's a lot of this stuff that some of you have heard numerous times. You could probably tell the story. Um, <laughs> but some people haven't. And there's just a venue to, to talk about things because we're talking about a... Um, you know, we're, we're celebrating an anniversary and what God's done, and he's been faithful. Colossians 3, verse 1 says, If then you were raised with Christ, you go down to Colossians 3, verse 1. It's a few scriptures down from where we were. You got the next few of them queued up, or you will just go to the next one? I'm going to read one. It says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. It's talking about you, you focus on, on what's eternal. What is the things above mean the things that are eternal in heaven, not, a, not the things that are here. That's what we're to focus on. You know what, what we've endeavored to focus on to this point and as we all go together, because we all are, are in this together. Okay, this isn't about a certain few people. This is about the plan of God. And you don't, you don't like I said, we don't exalt certain people or groups above others you just got to go where you're called to go and hook up. You, there's only one place at any given time you should be hooked up as far as a local church. There's not five. Now, there may be, it may change over time. Yeah. Like I, I was hooked up with a church in Nebraska, then I went to Rama and went to Rama Bible Church. And then when I went out here, I told you in that transition period, we had just basically ministered to our kids. And once we started the church, we're, we're pastoring the church. That's a role. But and I've, we've, we've talked about this in different series. We talked about the role of a pastor. But we should be connected together. Every one of us should be like, this is my local body. This is where I am. This is what I, I'm hooked up with. And then focusing on what God would have for you, and what God would have uh, together, because he is uh, going to lead you and guide you in a plan, but it's not going to just be you. You're going to be hooked up with a company of believers. You know, you look at, go back and look at all the, the books in the, the, the um, epistles, we call them, but the letters in the New Testament. Over and over you see to the church in Rome, to the church at Colossae, to the church in Philippi. It, it's to a body of believers that are in that place. You know, if somebody was off by themselves, well, they wouldn't hear the letter. They're not hooked up. Well, that's the same today. So we have so many channels of communication on the earth, which thank God for that. It helps, but it also, uh, people think they can just not be part of a local body, and that never was done away with. You have to have people that you can look in the eyes and rub shoulders with and run your race with. And so we're all called to do that together. 
And then just skip down to Colossians 3, verse 23. I'll read two more and then we'll wrap up. It says, Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Whatever you do, do it to the Lord. Do it heartily to the Lord, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of your inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. In other words, you do it unto the Lord. There is a reward for what you do because you serve Him. You don't serve a person. But when you serve Him, you are going to be interacting with people, and that means you are going to be part of a local body. You're going to be part of a group. If somebody says, well, I love God, but I can't get along with people, you got a problem with God. I don't care what you say. If you can't hook up with people, you show how your love for God by hooking up with people and serving people. That's how you should, because he loves people. You couldn't say, you know, I really love this person, but I just can't stand their kids. I won't, I won't serve them. Well, if they love their kids, you would serve them to be a blessing to that person. And when we're together, this is how we accomplish this. So put up Hebrews 10, 23, and we'll, we'll close with this. Hebrews 10, 23. It says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as the, you see the day approaching. Now, I want to read this again. Look at this in, in relative, everything we've said and, and what we just read in Colossians about you, you don't serve men, you serve God, you will receive a reward, you serve the Lord. Look at what it says in verse 24. Let us consider one, ano- consider one another to stir up love and good works. So you're getting together with each other to stir up love and good works. What is the good works? You serving him, you doing what he's called you to do, you keeping your eye on the things above and not on the things of the earth. How do you do that? If you just go out in the world, you're going to be, the, the noise of this world is going to drown out what he's saying. But you constantly get around and rub shoulders with people that, that love him, that honor him, that are following him, that are running the race with him. And you're running with them because you're hooked up with them. If, if their race is going a certain direction and you're going with them, then we're all running together. Then you're going to be stirred up to do what he's called you to do. Those are those good works. And as you're stirred up to go to the good, do the good works, look at the next part. It talks about this, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. What, that, what does that mean? Encouraging each other. Yes. You, just, you know, you just see somebody. You know, you gather together, like, just see their face, and it encourages you. Some people, you're just like, all right, I'm in it. You may have come in, and all all's you could do is get to church. When we say to church, we know we're the church, but we're talking about gathering together. You, you may be facing a tough week, but you know if I can get over the threshold, if I can just get there, then I'm going to be encouraged. Yes, God encourages us, but he encourages you through people as well. And so you see their face, and you're like, all right, we're in this together. We're going on together. We're going up, and by the time you leave, you're ready to, all right, we're hitting it again. I was at the point where, man, I didn't know how I could go, but we're going over. We're going on. Were you going to say something? Because I was going to say one more thing. Yeah, I was just going to say, and you know what? And we take turns. You know, there are some days where you're the exhorter, and there's some days where you're the one being encouraged. And there's seasons in our lives where we need people in our lives. And then there's seasons where we're the ones that are giving out. And, and, and sometimes it's like, well, I don't need anything, so I don't need to be there. Well, then that's when it's your turn to give. And yeah. so it is a give and a take. That's the body of Christ. There's times where we weep with those that mourn and we laugh with those that rejoice, you know, and there are times and that's what a local body is for. Yes. And we don't want to uh, negate those things and act like that isn't important, but it is important. Esteem. It's important to God. Esteem it. If it's God's idea, you esteem it and you put it high priority. You're not serving you know, religious organization, you're connected with the body of Christ. And you know it's vital 
If you're going to cross that finish line and break the tape and stick your chest out and do it strong, then you're going to need some help with the people around you. You're going to have to have a company of believers. And it says here, if you can put up verse 24 again at the end, it says, but exhorting, don't forsake the gathering together yourself, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. What's that talking about? Talking about when the Lord Jesus is going to come back. And we're closer than we ever have been. We know that. And people talk about, you know, all the stuff going on in the world. Yes, there are a lot of things. And it's time we have to press into one another. You don't, that's not the time to spread out. That's the time to be close. That's the time to be encouraged. That's the time you need to be well, well built up. Exhorting, like Shelly said, if you're feeling built up, you come on and you be that conduit that God can buoy up other people during that time. Because it's, it's a body, each part doing its share, then we're all built up and it edifies the whole body. And then we can all get this thing done, what we're called to do, and then go on to be with him knowing we finished our course. Amen? And that's what we're called to do. That's the whole reason that we moved out from Nebraska. We moved from Oklahoma, come from uh, Nebraska and Missouri out here because we believe God called us here, not that we're anything, but that what can you do but what he asked you to do? And that's what we believe. We're stationed here. This is home, and it will be home. I don't see God calling us anywhere else. We've spent, you know, a good amount of our life here, and you guys are a part of that, and people that are come are going to be a part of it, and we're doing something, not taking away from what everybody else is doing. Thank God. We're all doing our part, but we just have to do what he's called us to do, move on, be encouraged, be strong, and then worship him and glorify him.